0: Hello, my friends, Brett Patterson coming at you from the financial capital of the West, Salt Lake City, Utah, joined by my friend, colleague, the big fella, Brian Huntsaker. The big fella. Brett, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, and we are, we are playing the corona game today with a sickness in my home. We're on the phone with each other, so hopefully this podcast the audio turns out as good as it normally does but we've got a yeah. we've got a fun topic today, Brian. Well, I don't know if it's fun or so. if it's a warning. I don't I don't know which 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 route to go, but but it's a good I topic. I think it's
1: a little it's a little of both, I think.
0: A little bit of both. Yep. Yep. You In know. fact, we did a podcast oh, a month ago uh, that was called Too Good to Be True. And this is a piggyback on that podcast to continue a conversation that I've had with so many more people. And it seems as though the more people I talk to, regardless of whether they're market savvy or not, all I'm hearing is how much money they're making. And... And I know you've heard the same thing, and Spencer's heard the same thing, and <laughs> many more. And it reminded us of a, of a fable, a famous fable, which I'm not going to get into because I'm not a fabled guy necessarily, but this one's a pretty good one. It's called The Tortoise and the Hare. And Aesop. Aesop. And... This is uh, 500 B.C., right? <laughs> yeah, you know better than I. You, not, you got it. And... Yeah. What what I remember is that the tortoise, slow and steady, wins the race. And the race in our conversation, Brian, is is somebody's financial goals, somebody's financial plan, retirement, whatever that may be. And so I think that's that's what we, we want to discuss today is that race as it pertains to the tortoise and the hare and what we're seeing in the market. But I'll, I'll turn to you, Brian. What, what, what are you seeing? What are you hearing from people uh, as it relates to the hair in that fable?
1: Well, Spencer Nelson, we all know Spencer and love him, uh, one of our partners here at Iron Gate, he and I were talking yesterday, earlier this week, I think it was yesterday, and uh, one... He had a conversation with a client and and uh, this client was kind of bragging about, or, and, and for his wife, bragging about how much money his wife has been making, you know, trading in and out of hot stocks and, and just made a killing this last year. And uh, I think that's one of the things that we're all kind of hearing. Brett, I think you've kind of heard that. Um, I will say, though, that I've also heard a lot of people tell me, the market's so high. How can I put, you know, how can I invest? You know, so there's, which is good. I mean, I, I love to hear both. (laughs) I I don't like to hear a one-sided argument. I like to hear both sides and that tells me that we're not (laughs) right at the edge of the cliff right now. But, uh, I, I do, I am concerned that there's a, there's a lot of people out there that are, uh, feel like this is funny money and just, Just having you know, making it's just too easy to make money, and uh, that that concerns me for sure.
0: So there's really there's really only one side of the trade right now when you talk about risk reward, and that's reward. There hasn't been much risk, especially for these people that have jumped in in April, May, June, July. There just there just hasn't been any risk whatsoever.
1: Yeah, so it's been uh, it's been kind of straight up since then. It seems like.
0: So there's a couple, a couple returns that I want to mention. And a lot of these returns or these hot stocks are new IPOs that have come out. The Pelotons, the Zooms, the CrowdStrikes, the Ubers that have come out. There's an IPO ETF that tracks all of this. Over the last one year, that IPO ETF is up 108%. The S&P 500 is up 16 percent. So, yeah. a lot of these hot names are hot. Uh, and then I look at Bitcoin too, and Bitcoin, and I'm hearing all sorts of people talk about Bitcoin, uh, is up 306 percent. So, pretty incredible returns, and yeah. certainly hairs. <laughs> Uh, and and let's talk about why they are hairs and why it's not a tortoise strategy uh, so we'll, Brett
1: can I let yeah, me just make a, sure. a comment we talk about you know the s and sixty was up 16% that does not include dividends if you include dividends up 18.4 last year if you take out some of the, the big tech you know the big biggest names uh, in the S&P 500 which tend to ha- happen to be Big tech companies, you know your Googles and Microsofts and, and et cetera, If you take those out, the average stock last year in the S and P five hundred is up about ten percent, which is interesting. You know it's it's a it's a lot more muted than than maybe what the index might say. So I just wanted to make that point
0: um, about the market. That's a good point, and many of those technology stocks are what people are jumping in and out of. You know, maybe maybe not so much the the mega tech names, but more of the the maybe the hot flashes in a pan, so to speak. Uh, take us back to 2000, late 90s into 2000. I think that was the last time, as we talked, that we saw this type of euphoria. And just give me give me a backdrop as to what you were seeing, hearing. And then we'll talk about what happened.
1: Yeah. So at the time, I, I mean, I'd been I had been in the business for about ten years. I wasn't, you know, brand new in the business, but uh, in the late nineties, uh, there it became, there was a lot of excitement about the cult. It was called dot com dot com stocks, and that was the that was kind of the beginning of the internet. I mean, internet started before that, but. It was kind of catching on uh, around the world, especially here in the U.S. And uh, people were, were really excited about the internet and .dot com type stocks and uh, valuations. You know, people for the last year ninety nine uh, stocks, especially .dot com stocks, just went up and uh, incredible returns were made by you know a lot of people speculating on on the potential of the internet and dot-com kind of stocks. And uh, I, I, I thought, yeah, they're, they're, I, at the time, I thought that this is a really uh, interesting uh, new kind of sector to invest in. But the problem back then was most of these companies not only were not profitable, very few, a lot of them didn't, didn't have revenue. Uh, they, did, they weren't even you know they weren't really businesses and uh, they're just an idea and uh, investors were getting really excited and and drove prices just sky high and I and uh, I, I just said well I can't participate in this and it was just it got crazy at, at, uh, at, at the end of 99 and then of course I don't know how many people remember this but about March of 2000, the uh, the bubble bursted, and uh, that was kind of a the beginning of a three year slide in the market. You know, the market was down for three straight years.
0: So and uh, yeah, so it's it's similar but different today, in, in this regard, right? The, the companies that people are bidding higher, they're they're making money, and many of them are great companies. Uh, y- many products that I use are those companies that are just going up like crazy. But the the similarity is the valuations on many of these companies are way too high right now. And I'm not saying they're not great companies, but these valuations are are pretty high. I'm not going to say astronomical maybe in a couple names, but they're they're pretty darn high. So that's the similarity that, I, that I'm seeing between, between now and then. Would you agree, disagree? Yeah.
1: No, Yeah, I would agree that uh, valuations in spots are hard to justify in my opinion. The, the good news is it's, it's not across the board. And the difference between now and uh, the late 90s is uh, these are today that we have real businesses with revenue, and uh, and also profitability, uh, and in, in a lot of cases you can justify their values, their current values, and in some cases, especially the you know big tech you know uh, companies. In in other cases, it's hard to justify how investors can put a price on a particular business on some businesses out there. I just don't know how they can justify, you know, paying that much for a bit for that particular business. And I think that's where the problems are. So there's, there are, there's spots where there's, I think there's real bubbles. I don't want to say it's across the board and I don't believe that, but there are, there are kind of warning signs out there that it's getting a little too easy and a little, a little bit too much enthusiasm for some companies
0: yep and it could continue for the next year or two we have no idea when it'll end but ultimately and this is the 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 reason for the fable <laughs> the tortoise and the hare ultimately fundamentals went out and the price you pay for a business matters and I'm going to take us back to 2000. You, you formed what is now Iron Gate Global Advisors. And, and you never bought those tech names to, with clients that were begging you to. You never did. And the S&P 500 in, in 2000 was down 9%. The all-cap portfolio, which is our equity portfolio... Because of the tortoise strategy, was up 27%. 2001, yep. the S&P was down 11.89%. The equity portfolio, uh, Iron Gate, up 12.75%. So there's two years. And then the third year, both the S&P 500 down 22% and the Iron Gate portfolio down 18%. So two of the three years... You were up three to the three years. The S and P was down. So, what did you do that was different than than most during that time frame?
1: Well, we just stuck to our process, and uh, we think that the price you pay for a business is important, and uh, not every good business is a good investment. And uh, if you pay a good price, most if you pay a good price for a good business, it tends to be a pretty good investment. Um, but you, it can't, you can't buy a good business at a bad price and it ends up being not a very good investment for you.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And if you kind of going back to your example there, Brad, if you would have put, put $100,000 in the all cap portfolio uh, versus the SP back in na- December 31st of 99, after three years, your S&P, your $100,000 investment in the SP 500 was down to 62000 And uh, I I think that just speaks to that it does matter what you pay for a business. And uh, you almost lost half your capital in three years chasing dot-com stocks. And uh, you look at how we did during that same time frame. $100,000 grew to $116,000. Not not a great return over a three-year period, but relative to the S P 500, it was incredible.
0: Phenomenal return, Uh, yep.
1: Yeah, you know, it's phenomenal. It can almost double the S&P in three years. So, so that's that's what it does. That you, if you can preserve capital and not lose money, you know, lose permanent loss of capital, um, it makes a big difference over a long period of time.
0: So the pre- a couple of things. The price you pay certainly does matter. and And in a world where people want the hair-type investments, where people – expect the hair type investments right because of what we're seeing in the market that's not that's not what the expectation should be the expectation should be hey we got to be careful we got to be disciplined sometimes it's boring you know we got a lot of cash right now from from new clients or existing clients that have given us money because we're waiting to buy the stocks that we love at better more attractive prices because price does matter so sometimes the right, boring like- tortoise is the better investment.
1: Yeah, I feel like we're apologizing <laughs> for our, our approach to investing. And we've had we had an incredible 2020. I mean, I have nothing to be, uh, be ashamed about. Beat the S&P by 3-4%. Like <laughs> yeah, it sounds like we had a bad 2020. We didn't. We had a great 2020. Our investments were we did very well in our but it sounds like well hey you know we had a tough year last year watch out guys and no that's not the case um, we we had a very good 2020 and uh, but we're we're, caught, we're always cautious and uh, i think there's just a lot of irrationality out there right now in in some areas of this market and i think it's a, a word of caution is in, is important right now
0: uh, that's a great point. We had a phenomenal 2020 outperforming in the S&P in many of our aggressive portfolios. So, yeah, we're, is it not an apology, more of a, hey, throw caution to the wind. Any hairs out there looking to get rich quick or to look for two, three, four hundred percent returns in five days, you know what, be, be careful. Be very careful. That's so,
1: yeah, at some point... The market will wake up and say, "What? wait, what are we paying for this business? And where are their profits? At some point, the market will pay attention to that. It doesn't seem like it is right now, but it will um, at, at some point. And uh, so just be careful, a lot of you out
0: there. Yep. And if it's too good to be true, like we said in our last podcast, uh, sometimes it is. Most of the time it is. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so... Yeah. So be careful in that regard. Um, so what's the goal, I would say, as a tortoise investor? Uh, would you, would you What would you tell a client as far as expectations for maybe the next 10, 20, 30 years to be a, an investor? Or what type of returns to look for? Or what type of compounding effect? What advice would you tell somebody looking for long-term growth?
1: yeah don't uh, i mean patience is really important with investing and one thing i've i guess i've learned over the last 30 years is uh it seems like your returns come in spurts you know stops and goes and and uh and you know different intervals of time sometimes it it feels like you can have an investment you're not making a lot of money and you know a year might go by and then you and then a month later that particular investment might be up 20 percent or even more you know sometimes and so it's really important to be patient and it's not it's not it's not. it doesn't you know we always talk about average returns are never average and that goes with individual stocks individual investments individual you know we just never see it's never consistently you know american or 10 percent every year for, for the next you know 20 or 30 years it's you might be up 30 one year you might be down 10 the next and that's just part of the investment process and uh you kind of have to accept that and, and i think it's so that's what i would tell people the other thing i would tell people is over time uh the stocks in the s p 500 they the earnings g- grow between eight percent annually and that's for the last 50 years and uh so stocks prices generally follow earnings as earnings go up valuations go up the profits go up the, the the more valuable a company is and so to expect uh continual outperformance by the market when say stocks are only you know going to grow six to eight percent or maybe ten percent a year you know at some point there's probably going to be a correction at some point say you know stocks are a little ahead of themselves and, uh, and, and, uh, so it's important to don't get, this is the long game. Don't get, don't get in a rush, be patient. And that's why we have a process. We, we pay attention to valuations. When valuations seem high, we'll, you know, we hold off. We're, we're not, we're not aggressive buyers until valuations come more in line to where we think this is a good investment. We think this will work out for us for the next five, 10 Five or ten years or more.
0: Well said. Well said. It's been my experience, and and this goes back to my educational days when I used to teach workshops. But it's it's been my experience that the hares, those looking for those quick investments or or you know think they're geniuses because of a one year track record or whatever it may be, ultimately they they burn out like the hare in the fable. It's that tortoise that is disciplined that just keeps a steady pace that 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 ultimately wins, and that's your goals, folks. That's that's the goals that we want you to accomplish. So that's good advice, Brian. Somebody,
1: yeah, somebody told. I don't know if they were trying to offend us or something, but it, they said something about our portfolio that we're, it looks like you're trying. You're not. You're trying not to lose, and I thought, oh, that's a compliment. But I think they were, they meant it more as a. <laughs> um uh, insult <laughs> you know and <laughs> that's absolutely what we're trying not to do we're trying not to lose I mean, we don't want to we don't want to lose and that's why we have you know our process of buying great businesses with long-term competitive advantages good management and we pay attention to price i mean those three things are so important and if you can do that and be patient and and focus on the long term like i believe you'll have success
0: Absolutely, and I think our track record—you know, knock on wood—no past performance isn't indicative of future returns. So compliance, you know, flags are up. But I think our returns have have—I have, don't want to say proven, but shown yeah. that the process works. Yeah. So at
1: least, <laughs> we can say it worked. It's worked in the past. You can't. You know, obviously, we can't yep. guarantee the future. But there's no reason. There's nothing there's no magical bullet about with investing it's just good solid fund business fundamentals if you if you're a private business owner looking to buy a business of course you're going to look at the financial statements and the balance sheet and the income statement and of course you're going to look at competitors and does it is this business you're considering buying does it have a competitive advantage or is it or are there other businesses you know more that have Better advantages, you know, you, you, you've, those are the things you're going to think about. And that's absolutely what, what we're doing. We're just thinking like a business owner would when evaluating the business, no different.
0: And if I was looking to, you know, put my put myself in the seat of our clients, if I was hiring somebody to manage my money and to to build my wealth, help me build my wealth, I would want someone disciplined that is not looking for the flash in the pans but can be consistent over a long period of time and still getting good returns and I think you know I think that's that's where we're at so uh, in a time where an IPO ETF is up 108 percent and Bitcoin's up 300 plus percent you know, we're not we're not chasing stuff. We're being disciplined and still getting good returns. So that speaks to the tortoise the tortoise strategy. But well,
1: and yeah, I, I I would just say that uh, that it doesn't bother me that somebody made money and then an IPO ETF and made one hundred eight percent. Okay, good on you. That's fine. <laughs> that's just not our game. You know, that's that is not our game, and uh, we're fine with that. And uh, if somebody if somebody wants to do that, and that's their game, and that's the game they want to play, uh, okay, that that's success, if that's what you want to do. Yeah. But that's just not what we do, and we're fine with other people doing that. I, I we have people, and I, Brett, I know you do too. We have clients, or maybe potential new clients, asking us, "Well, do you do this? Do you do that?" No, we don't. This is what we do. We just. We stick to what we're good at, what we do, what we know how to do, and we don't try to do something we don't know how to do. And we just stick with. It's okay if someone's going to make some money in Bitcoin or some SPAC or IPO fund. Fine, that's that's okay, and we're okay with that.
0: Well said. Well said. With that, my friend, let's let's wrap this up. Thanks for everybody for listening, Brian. Hopefully, we're in the same. Room next week for a podcast. I like senior, your, your big fella yeah. mug. You know,
1: <laughs> yeah. It'll be good to have you in the office. And by the way, Brett, your Brett's not sick, but is you know, you're potentially maybe somebody in your family's not feeling yep. well. so
0: being cautious, being very cautious. Yep. So, with that, my friends, until next week. Thanks, Brian, and we'll talk to they you soon. Do. Thanks, everyone.